What is up, everybody? Welcome into the locker room, a dynasty fantasy football experiment where we focus on team building, roster construction, draft strategy, and trade negotiations, which, of course, is the lifeblood of all dynasty leagues. I am your host tonight. My name is Eric. My name is Burke. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Burkholder6. Before we get into this episode, I just want to say it's been a long time since I dropped one. This one is very specific to a league. Um, there was questions about my process. I pretty much got called out, pretty much being blatantly. And so I thought it would be a fantastic opportunity to, you know, put it on the mic. Because when I went to type it out, it was like an essay. Nobody's going to go and read this. So I figured it'd be a good opportunity for other people to get an insight on how I operate um, in my own leagues, taking over an orphan league. And uh, for the for the guys at Ace of Spades, big shout out. And so I'm just going to kind of say what's up. This is how I see it, and this is why... Um, yeah, man, let's get into it. The first thing I do when I take over any orphan is send out DMs to every single member in the league. In this particular league, about half of them return, half of them work. Uh, my goal here is just just find out who they are, ask them about themselves, what they do, what they like, what they don't like. Not so much to use it against them. That's that's shady. It's because when you join a dynasty league, it's about making connections because it's for it's not for the for one year. It's not a redraft league. It's for a long time. You want to know the guys or gals that you are playing against, that you are competing with, um, and you want to be able to like, you know, figure out their goals. Not only just in this league, but just periods. You can make, create some sort of connection. Not every league is like that, but this one that I joined, uh, the Ace of Spades League, has been going for ten years. There was heavy turnover in this year, but the rest of these guys know each other personally, and it was it's just a dope experience, man. Because most leagues don't do this most leagues don't last this long i mean i've been playing dynasty for 10 years even and my longest league is is seven years i got one for five years none of them made it 10 like none of them made it 10 and that seven year league refuses to evolve i mean we still got you know like kickers and defenses it's a one quarterback league so it it's archaic and you can feel it dying so for one to last this long is definitely something you want to get into when you join an orphan league and one way to make sure that you stay and it's worth it is to, you know, connect with each one in there. So I send out DMs. Half of them were answered, like I said, half of them were not. So while I was waiting for my answers, I try and get a little bit of a, a head start on what I need to do um, to gain value in the future. The way I do that is I, I go look at all the transaction history from last season. So this particular league is very top heavy. You go and look at those teams at the bottom. You figure out what happened. Um, you look at those teams at the top, you figure out how they got there. And I just I just looked at all the trades. I kind of ignored waivers because that's so much in the here and now. So I really looked at, at trades because that's where you're going to gauge what people value, right? The owners that stayed, what they like and why, why they made moves. Uh, you do have to keep in mind the time of year. This was a year ago. So like I saw a trade with Marlon Mack in it. Well, Marlon Mack, it was like March. So Marlon Mack was healthy. Jonathan Taylor was the incumbent. Marlon is an RB2, solid as hell, and he got him at a discount, so it made sense. Now, fast forward, and it's not so hot. I also saw like a trade for Gardner Minshew. He went for a first and a second, uh, but Gardner was was on fire. He was supposed to take over for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, it's still doo-doo, but when you look at the time of year, it made more sense. Um, a couple that stood out to me as well, Eckler went for two first. Julio went for a Parker and two first. DK Metcalf went for Beckham in a first. So going off that, Eckler for two firsts, that's just respect for a true one. Uh, pass catching back. So that's nice to see because he's aging. His contract isn't very big, but production's production. And somebody was willing to pay that, um, 
I think he's the guy that won the league last year. So you don't have to worry too much about your age when it comes to your running backs because they're still worth something in season. And in some leagues, if it's not a rookie deal, nobody wants them. And in other leagues, if he hasn't done it for the last half decade, nobody wants him. So for this, it's nice to see that a guy that had a little bit of up and down coming off an injury was still going for two firsts. DK for Beckham in a first, that's a big name. Julio for Parker in two firsts. Again, Beckham and Julio are big names. So big name wide receivers stood out. Um, I also saw Kittle go for Fournette. Jarwin in a second and third, that's a steal and a half. Kind of a dunk, but when this went through, Fournette was still... He's coming off like RB4. He was still in Jacksonville. He was supposed to get all that work. Look what James Robinson did. And Jarwin was the second coming, man, out there in Dallas. He wasn't hurt. We saw what Dalton Schultz did. So Fournette had stayed in Jacksonville or just been given the damn job in Tampa Bay. And Jarwin got to play last year. This might have worked out okay. Uh, clearly, in hindsight, the guy with Kittle is, is pretty happy. Uh, and then one that stood out the most, I saw A.J. Green. Go AJ Green, AJ Green in a first. Go for Debo, Christian Kirk in a second, and then that was retracted, and it was AJ Green in a first. Went for Debo, Kirk, and a first year out, two seconds, a third, and a fourth, and so that guy is gone. Uh, there, there have been jokes on him in the chat, which cracks me up because I don't know him, but just looking through his history, I'm like, yeah, man, yeah, that was that was bold as hell. But again, a big name wide receiver. Debo was hurt at the broken foot. Had, had a tough time coming back. Christian Kirk wasn't really doing anything, and he moved to first up a season. So, I mean, it's gross, but it made sense. But the fact that there was an original trade that was retracted, it's a flag. I'm not going to call it a red flag, but it's something I had to look into. Because now you got to know, I mean, it's a 10-year league. You know, like, what's going on with trades? If I make one, is it going to go through? Uh, but we're going to pigeonhole that for a second. When I look at the settings, I see that it is .7 PPR. Uh, super tight end premium. So tight end gets du double that when they catch it. 0.75 for first downs, bonuses for big plays, 40 and 50 yard bombs, 40 and 50 yard touchdowns, both passing and receiving. So those big cannon arm guys are going to have a little more value than the ticky tacky. It's going to push them up a little bit. You know, the, the Staffords, the Russell Wilsons, the Deshaun Watson, those guys are already towards the top, right? But it's going to really separate them from the guys that are filling in, you know, that would normally be a filling guy because you're going to get these bonuses for big plays. And it makes people like Hollywood, Ruggs, um, Robbie Anderson, you know, these Deshaun Watson or Deshaun Jackson types, T.Y. Hilton types that it only takes one. It makes them a lot more relevant because they're going to get the bonuses if it's a 40 or 50-yard touchdown. Now you're looking at six for the touchdown, two for 50, two for a 50-yard bomb, plus .75 for the catch, .75 for first down. So now it's that is a week and it will keep them relevant. Um, there are six orphan managers in this particular league. Five of them got comp picks because the league is so top-heavy, and they're trying to even it out and just help people catch up, especially when people didn't do this. They didn't draft these teams. They walked into it. They're willing to take it on, put their money on the line. Um, so that made sense. Like, it sucks for the owners that were there, and I don't You know, it sucks. But when you look at some of these teams at the bottom, you're like, it's not going to really make a difference, man. Like, so some of us got our work cut out for us. Um, it's also an auction rookie draft. So stacking those seconds and thirds now builds up. Whereas before, I don't, I don't really give a damn about thirds. Like, especially in a rebuild, you get them thrown in just so you can trade them. It's just so it's trade fodder. Well, now if I can add three or four of them together, now it's the 211, 210. You know, add that with the 211 or 210 I already have. Now it's like the equivalent of the 206. It adds up. And in an auction rookie draft, the guy with 101, doesn't necessarily get that pick because he could have more money, but more so 
the top guys go for way more than the one-on-one is worth. Like, if you look at Burrow or Jonathan Taylor, hell, even Tua in 2020, and if you look at Kyler the year before, and, and you look at Najee and, and Trevor this year at these auction rookie drafts, the top pick in this league is 300. They're going for way more than 300 in this league. You know, because people want to go get the guy that they think is bona fide. So in an auction rookie draft, it's, it's difficult to navigate, and you really want to stack picks. But you also don't just want to throw them away because, like, $7, $8 isn't going to do it for you. But if you can get to 100 you might get somebody way better than you expected. And it's like the same thing as them falling down the board, like Ayuk and Claypool went late. You know, I don't want to talk about McLaurin, but when I look at ADP, Godwin and Kenny Galladay drop crazy late in those particular drafts. You might get lucky and get one of them in an auction where you wouldn't with with three or four thirds in a standard league. So something to pay attention to. We just went over settings. Uh, all right, man. So I'm looking at my roster. I got I got a core. I've got an extra first in 2022 plus a comp pick. I've got an extra second in 2023. And a bunch of people I don't really like. I got Tyler Lockett, Henry Ruggs, Hollywood. You know, just like guy Cooper Cup, guys that I got to move because uh, Hollywood and Ruggs, I guess I could keep. But guys I got to move because I really need to get out and get into some talent that I trust while adding picks. So the first thing I want to do is add similar production, right, while adding draft picks because it's trade fodder. And in an auction draft, I might actually draft in these drafts. Normally, I don't really draft a whole lot of rookies listed towards the top half because there's so much fluctuation. Somebody's willing to pay more than I'm comfortable with just holding the rookie pick. But in an auction, I might actually, I might actually draft some. So um, I'm looking at you know Lockett. Cup, Hollywood Rugs, Ronald Jones, Devin Singletary, and Gaskin are my running back. Luckily, you only have to start one running back. I had James White, too, who was a godsend until he got hurt. Um, so running back's the last position I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add. I'm going to look to attack wide receivers while adding draft picks. Uh, so those are my goals. I also have Jalen Hurts, who has just got to go because I don't believe he's going to make it in the NFL. Now, he looks better than people are giving him credit to right now. So I may be wrong, but he is either Russell Wilson or he's like Gardner Minshew. Like that is, those are his two outcomes. And because I know he's going to have a top 12 finish this season and my team isn't ready to compete, I got to sell that season to somebody that can use it and somebody that's willing to risk it while getting back some sort of compensation that includes similar production and draft picks. So that's the first thing I did was get rid of Jalen Hurts. Um, I did that by identifying some trade partners. You look at the top, there's one guy way at the top. And then there's three that are in the realm of reaching him. And there's two or three in the middle. And then a whole bunch at the bottom. So the guys at the bottom want draft picks. They don't want any names. They want draft picks. Um, and when I look at their teams, like, well, fuck it, man. Maybe I'll just buy in. There's there's Aaron Jones. There's Adam Thielen. There's Lamar Jackson. Um, there's Joe Mixon was available. But not a whole lot of names. I couldn't piece together an entire roster. Excuse me. So I had to try and go the route of getting picked. So you got to take the bottom four off because I'm in fifth. Take the bottom four off and know that that's probably not going to happen and focus at the top. So um, I was able to move Jalen Hurts for Jameis Winston before he got the job, a second in 23 and a first in 2024. So giving Hurts to a team could hurt them, pun intended there. Uh, if it doesn't, then that's fantastic for him. I hope it works out. You hope all your trade partners are happy and you're happy too. But 
two years out, that first could be pretty solid. And Jameis Winston, though he didn't have the gig, I really thought he was going to beat out Taysom Hill, which he did. He doesn't have a lot of weapons, but he's the number one overall pick, so he's got some clarity to his role. He's a starter. He's not on the team. Sat behind Drew. And I just, I was willing, I thought it was like the same risk with Jameis as it was with Jalen Hurts. I'm going to score less points this year, but there's just a good chance that Jameis gets the job in New Orleans as Hurts gets the job in Philly, and I added a second and a first in future years. I then moved Ronald Jones for two seconds because the guy had Fournette and just wanted to lock up the backfield. It almost felt like he was throwing me a bone because he was so loaded and he was like, you know what, this is a new guy. I guess I want Ronald Jones. These are two-thirds. What the hell am I going to do with two-thirds? Um, and I was able to use those seconds. They're like two-thirds value-wise because of the five-count picks, but I was able to use those seconds in a couple other deals. Um, I moved Hooper in one of those seconds for Woods in a third. God rest your soul, Mook. Wish you all the best of luck. Um, that was a smash spot for me because now I got Woods and Cup, so I have a wide receiver one and a wide receiver two with Stafford there. I don't know which one it's going to be. I thought it was going to be Woods over Cup all day. Uh, it turned out to go the other way, but I do have that locked up. And then I could not get rid of any more players for picks. Anymore. So I moved Diami in the other second for Adam Thielen, which puts me on the cusp of the playoffs. And my whole deal was the other second, Diami, who I think is a zero. And the third for Thielen, who I think I can flip for a second. I then hit the waiver wire and picked up Renfro and Slayton and a couple other guys. I moved Renfro in my own third in 2022, which is... Late because of the comp picks for Rob Gronkowski. Again, I thought he was going to have a career year. Uh, unfortunately, he got hurt, but I thought he was going to come out on fire, and I could flip him for a second. So I made moves now in order to try and acquire the draft pick I actually wanted a little bit down a little bit down the road. Uh, and then we had another turnover. We had some guy in the league that didn't really say anything, wasn't really active. Um, so he, he was new, and he got the boot, man. So uh, he was replaced by... A guy named Tyreek, who is just Matty Daddy from Fantasy Affairs, all gas, no brakes. That's what this guy is, man. He just came in swinging, making all sorts of moves. He made two trades, like, within the day. Um, and so these draft picks that were four were unobtainable because a guy would not respond. Now we're flying off the board. I attacked one. I got rid of Lockett and Slayton for Marvin Jones, Traquan Smith, and a 23 first. So I got rid of Lockett for 23 first and Marvin Jones, essentially. I'm a big believer in Marvin. He's got a two-year contract. Uh, I forgot to mention Thielen's got like a three- or four-year contract. I think that that is a wide receiver two and a wide receiver three with with wide receiver one and wide receiver two upside. So I got my production while adding that first-round pick in 2023. Uh, now I got Gaskins as my main running back. I moved Schwartz for Ahmed. Again, that felt like a like a, like a hammy, you know? Felt like a gimme. He's like, fuck it, why not? <laughs> the new guy wants Ahmed. Nobody gives a damn. Uh, and then Schwartz actually had some big games, so that might bite me in the ass. Um, and then I was on the cusp of winning. I'm looking at my roster. I went through two weeks, and I was the second highest scorer. Um, you know, I was 3-1 and one against the median. I was going up in a big game, and I traded Hollywood Brown for Robbie Anderson. And I cannot regret it more. I looked at Hollywood, who gets like 100 targets, catches I think 58 of them, scores a bunch of touchdowns, which aren't a sticky stat. They're tough to come by. And I looked at Robbie, who had 95 catches, so he had almost as many receptions as Hollywood did targets. I looked at him as a two, and when I shopped Hollywood Brown, I could not get a first for him. All I could get was a second, and I couldn't trade him for a second. So I figure I'll get my year out of Robbie, and I'll trade him for a second. 
Now, clearly that's bit me in the ass, but my mindset going into this, my process, was I'm going to add talent because I added Dean Woods, Gronk, Marvin Jones. Now I'm going to add Robbie. I got Ahmed, so I have my running back room essentially locked up. So I got this makeshift, shitty-ass team of vets, and I can move Thielen, Gronk, Marvin, and Robbie for the same or more than I invested to get them in season. Now, every league is different. This league, it's it's just tough to get picks off people because the guys that have them are clearly building with picks. And the guys that that don't, you know, they, they want to move you – they want youth and upside, and they, they just don't have what I was targeting in return. It's not like any of the deals were bad, any of the offers were bad. It's just not what I wanted. I wanted to add similar production and a pick, and they were like, screw that. I'm trying to win. I'm not giving up production, and they didn't have the picks to go. So I thought I could move Robbie for a second, but I could not. Uh, stuck with Gronk after the injury. Nobody wants Adam Thielen. That is not – League dependent. Most of my leagues, nobody wants Adam Thielen. I will gladly pay a second for him as a competitor. Um, he's got a large contract. He's a touchdown scorer. He's got a connection with Kirk Cousins. Uh, he's, he's 31, 32. He's not dead. Uh, we'll get into that in a second because wide receivers just play well so much longer. I mean, look at Emmanuel Sanders and Antonio Brown. And if you don't, maybe Thielen is an AB, but he sure as shit is close to Sanders in production. I mean, he's a top 10 guy throughout the last four years, and one of them he was hurt. That's the only reason he wasn't there. So, um, I guess if he dies on my roster, he dies on my roster, and I have added picks halfway through the season, or after week three, I put up 100 points three times in a row, and the top dogs are putting up 200. So I'm falling below the median. It's clearly not happening. It's time to pivot, and I wanted to keep cup, so I was able to move Robert Woods for 224, two 2024 seconds, which is the equivalent of like a really, because it's two of them and neither one of them very high. It's the equivalent of like a high second, or maybe hopefully an early first, two years out. So it is clearly a long-term play. Robert Woods has less of a contract. Van Jefferson's getting a ton of snaps. Uh, Robert Woods 29. It'll be 30, 31, so his value's going down. So if you can't use him to win, it was time to get out for me. Now, Woods is solid as hell. So the guy that got him, got him in a deal. Jay, uh, Hertz is tearing it up. He is a QB1. He's never not had a top. 12 finish until this last year, this last week, because they beat the shit out of the Lions. Uh, so he got Hurts at a discount. That guy got Woods at a discount. The other guy got Hollywood at a discount. The guy that got rid of Gronk was just happy to get a third. The guy that got rid of, got rid of Thielen was just happy to get a second. Uh, so everybody's cool with the deals, which is nice in a dynasty league, but I'm not making up enough ground. So now I'm really going to have to smash these drafts in the coming, you know, years and I'm still looking to trade a couple pieces. I got Russell Wilson still, I got TJ Hawkinson, they are locked in. Said it and forget it. Nobody wants Steelin, so he's there as my wide receiver three. Nobody wants Marvin Jones, so he's there as my wide receiver six. So I just gotta fill in the mix. And I got Cooper Cup is really the only name. Um I, I got Gallup too, I guess somebody somebody might want him, but Cooper Cup's really the only name that I have it has a ton of value to those teams trying to catch the top. And the guy at the top just has so much extra if it might be willing to give it. Uh, but real quick, just for my process, it's under so much attack. For my team that's gotten worse, I moved Lockett, Hertz, Hollywood, Rojo, Hooper, two waiver wire pickups, a third, Short, Schultz, and Deami Brown. Pretty much Lockett, Hertz, Hollywood, and a third. And I got back two firsts, four seconds, a third, J. 
Jameis Thielen, Robbie Anderson, Gronk, Marvin Jones in the deal, as well as Ahmed and Drake One Smith. So I got players that I can start this year and hopefully next. I don't know about Gronk, but everybody else will have time next year. Maybe Robbie Anderson will pull his head out of his ass or Sam Darnold will retire and finally he can become a legitimate wide receiver. But uh, I'm not mad about anything. I would have traded Lockett for a first. I pretty much did. Hurts for a first, which means I got, you know, I lost on Hollywood. But Jameis Thielen, Gronk, Marvin, four seconds and a third for free. So I'm cool with the build as of right now. But that is what I was trying to do going in. Now, this all spewed off Cooper Cup's value. So none of the offers I've gotten outside of one, which was hilarious, have been that bad. It's just when I look at Cooper Cup and I break down just any player, the things that I look at specifically, uh, he's just shining it. And when we look at what he's doing this season, it is literally historic. Just So to start with his future outlook, it's Cooper Cup, age 28, because this is Dynasty, it's not a redraft league. All right, he's 28, he's born June 15th. He is six months younger than Devontae Adams. Okay, Adams is in a whole new tier, according to the world. And he is eh, a little more than a year older than Tyreek Hill. So he's right in the middle. He's right there with Michael Thomas. And so when we look at Michael Thomas, I left him off of this because I don't know what's going to happen with his ankle. I mean, I already had some concerns with it, but his contract isn't great, but he is paid. It's just whether or not the Saints can afford to keep him. I think they're going to figure it out. Uh, Adams has no contract next year, may or may not have Aaron Rodgers. I believe he's going to get re-signed. I think Rodgers is going to stay. But it's a problem, and you're not positive about it. Can Adams produce with any quarterback? Yes. Can Cooper Cup produce with any quarterback? Probably not. Uh, when you look at Tyreek Hill, he is signed through 2022. He's got huge cap savings next year. This is pretty much the last year Tyreek Hill is actually under contract. Can they work it out there in Kansas City? Now, we know he had the domestic violence concerns, and Patrick Mahomes' contract is so high, and they just paid Clark. Um, so that is why they haven't signed him yet. So I expect a big contract on the way. This year he's not doing himself any favor. He's kind of struggling statistically. But just looking at Kansas City, because Tyreek's a special talent, they're going to want to keep him with Patrick Mahomes. <clears throat> they have $30 million in cap space. They have 33 pending free agents in 2022. So they are going to have to spend some of that money. Um, I think they would hopefully restructure Tyreek still so that he would get paid less next year and then a bunch once that TV money hits. But as of right now, $30 million, 33 spots to fill. Some of those free agents coming up, uh, the Honey Badger, Matthew, Orlando Brown, their guard, Duvernay Tardif, uh, their cornerback, Javarius Ward, and Daniel Sorensen, who's not playing great, but I know they like him. Their uh, offensive lineman Kyle Long came out of retirement. Their running back Daryl Williams, and the jury's still out on Clyde. Uh, their defensive tackle Derek Nadi, who is like the best guy from 2018. I don't know if they can pay him, but they're going to try. Um, and then if they let Kyle Long or Orlando Brown go, uh, their backup guard Andrew Wiley is also coming up. So there are some big names that they're going to want to pay out there in Kansas City, and it's going to be interesting to see with what happens with Tyreek. When you look at Cooper Cup's contract, Cooper Cup is paid. The hell is it? Cooper Cup is paid through 2024. Uh, he has pretty much guaranteed money until then. 
it looks like Robert Woods will run out before that. Van Jefferson is the only guy competing with him. And so Cooper Cup's contract value is similar, if not better, than it is with Tyreek Adams and Michael Thomas. His age is similar, if not younger, than Tyreek Adams and Michael Thomas. And his output right now is historic. So let's get into what he's doing right now. For reference, the best wide receiver stats in the modern era. I started 1987 with Jerry Rice, 22 touchdowns in 12 games. Holy shit. In 1995, at the age of 33, it's Jerry Rice, 122 receptions, 1848, 15 touchdowns at the age of 33. Uh, you look at Michael Thomas, the age of 26, 149 receptions. That is a record. Had 185 targets that year, 1725 and only nine touchdowns. Randy Moss in 2007, like the year at age 30. Age 30, these are different kinds of wide receivers. Jerry Rice is a possession guy, but these are these are elite talents, right? That's why they're at the top. That's why these are the best seasons in the modern era. In 2007, Randy Moss, 98 receptions, 1493, and 23 touchdowns. Cooper Cup this year is on pace for 180 targets, 126 receptions, 1,848 yards, and 20 TDs. When we look at PPR scoring, Moss in 2007, 385. AB in 2014, 380. MT in 2019, 372. Marvin Harrison, 2002, with Peyton Manning, 382. We look like Cooper Cup. Regression's coming. That's the argument. Cooper Cup is on pace to score 419.8. It's almost 420 points. Cheers to that. So he can give up 40 points and still have one of, if not the best, season um, in the history of the NFL at the wide receiver position, both for fantasy and for uh, stats in the modern era. Now he, I just did that for 16 games. He does have a set. He has an extra game, but I just did it for 16 games because I can't give him an extra game and slant the stats. That's not what this is about for fantasy references here. Cooper cup and PPR leagues through eight games with Brady in second Cooper cup leads all players. I got this off. Um, uh, pro football reference and, and just did the math, right? So you can get it off fantasy. Fantasy pros has it all up there. Just go through week eight, look at overall. Now that's this is going to be four point per passing touchdown PPR league. Cooper Cup outscores everybody through week eight. Tom Brady, the QB one, is second behind him, and he's behind him by eight points. And so Cooper Cup is on pace for four hundred twenty-eight, four hundred twenty-nine point eight points. So you can take some away from that, right? Call it 400. Call it 385, right? In 2020, Josh Allen led all scores with 406.2. He's a quarterback. 2019 was freakish. CMC, 471. Lamar Jackson, 421.7. 2018, Patrick Mahomes, MVP, 50 touchdowns. Scored 417 points. Barkley scored 385. 2017, Ty Gurley, the, <laughs> the baddest man alive, 383. He led all scorers. Russell Wilson was second with 347. So we are looking at Cooper Cup having arguably a top five quarterback finish, and we're in a, we're in a super flex league. So his points this season are ridiculous. His contract is pretty damn good. His age is pretty solid. But I was looking to sell him going into this season, and I am not one or two pieces away from winning a ship. I need some help, especially with Jameis getting hurt because there's a chance I'm down to just one quarterback. Now, I do have three firsts in the second next year in this auction draft. 
Uh, so I, I got some hope, but if I could sell him for the appropriate value, 100% would. But because of his contract age and what he's doing and his connection with Matthew Stafford and the fact that even if he regresses, he's still going to be top 15 no matter what. He's my wide receiver one for the next three seasons because uh, I'm cool with him at 28, 29, 30, and 31 uh, is right at the cutoff for me, barring injury. But you're not, you're not gonna, I'm not going to sit here and try and predict injury. So if you were moving him, what would you move him for? Uh, a lot of people say two firsts. I want two firsts and a second unless I know where those firsts are falling. It is an auction draft. So that changes things a little bit. If you can get a first in the top five, that's what you want, right? So the offer that sparked all this, because I asked for a pick that I'm pretty sure is top five and two nice-ass seconds, um, pretty much knowing he was going to decline it, but letting him know that that's, that's what I want. So work with that. Take take some version of that. Maybe move the seconds to later ones or leave the two high seconds and move the first to a later one or something. But I want to know that I'm getting the equivalent of the 105 or greater. And when we break down these uh, rookie pick values, uh, what, it, what it essentially was offered, he called it a mid first, but it looked late to me because Bullock could win. And then two seconds that are probably in the middle, but again, Danny could win. And Rio will be building uh, that season. So the equivalent, he called it the 104-105 in, in an auction draft. But I don't get to just pick at the 104-105. I got money. So if somebody has more than me, they'll steal that. Um, and if I have enough to get into the top half already, then I, you know, I would rather hold. But let's just say it's the 105. 165 bucks. 100, 184 bucks is the 104. Something like that, right? Well, you don't necessarily get to draft from that spot, like I just said. So if you just got one of those top-end guys, especially in the last couple draft classes, yeah, man, it looks like an absolute smash. But if you look outside of 2020, and I know the, the jury's still out on 2021, so we're going to ignore that for a second. And you look at, let's let's go back to, what is this, 2016? 2016, right? Quarterbacks include Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, Paxton Lynch. Don't want any of that. Running back was Ezekiel Elliott. Then you go down the list. Derrick Henry was in this class, but it took him forever to break out. David Johnson was in this class. He had a fantastic season before he fell apart. Um, and so I would be swapping out Cooper Cup for hopefully getting similar production if I just get from that 105 spot, right? If I can get multiples, then that's the way to go. Well, let's look at 2016. The, the 102 and one quarterback leagues. I'm just going to start listing them off because they're trash, right? Wide receivers, Corey Coleman. Laquan Treadwell, Josh Doxson, Sterling Shepard, Michael Thomas went seven, Tyler Boyd, Will Fuller, and then my favorite, Leonti Carew. You're not even going to know who the fuck that is, and he was a first-round draft pick in one quarterback. He was the 112, so you're going to add Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, and probably Paxton Lynch over him? I mean, I'm not going to trade a top asset for Sterling Shepard and Will Fuller knowing how their careers have played out. Well, you know, 2023 is supposed to be stacked. Let's go forward a couple of years. Let's look at 2018. 2018 turned out all right, right? Saquon Barkley came out of that. Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson came out of that. You also got Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, Royce Freeman, Sonny Michelle, Kirion Johnson, Darius Geis, Rashad Penny, Ronald Jones. Then you finally get a hit in Nick Chubb, DJ Moore, and Calvin Ridley. So just because it's a top pick, does not mean it's it's a hit. And I have a tough time moving an asset I know is going to produce, you know, next year and the year after 
for stuff down the road just because it's younger. Like, I also don't necessarily want to draft in rookie drafts. And I know right now that a first-round pick is not going to get me the equivalent of Cooper Cup. A first and two seconds, like, man, it, it, I'm not going to get one of those top guys. And I'm sitting on an elite asset right now that looks like he's going to grow and sure shit isn't going to lose value between now and next season. It's not like they're going to bring somebody in that's going to challenge him. It's not like the offense is going to take a huge step backwards. I mean, you got Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford. They like to air it out. He wants to win an MVP. They want to win a Super Bowl, and they're going to try and do it through Cooper Cup that has had double-digit targets in all but one game when he only got nine. The bum. So when it comes to what I'm looking to do with my elite asset is I want a whole bunch of bullets and adding up to the 105, just it's not necessarily going to do it. Now, if you look at 2019, right, there's some real hits in 20, 2019. Uh, Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery, Miles Sanders, Daryl Henderson, those are the running backs. So that's 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 picks four, five, six, seven, right? So that's who I would get for Cooper Cup. Monty, Jacobs, Miles Sanders, Daryl Henderson, because Kyler Murray was at the top. Oh, there's some landmines in here too. Dwayne Haskins, Daniel Jones, don't want them. Maybe I would have ended up with TJ Hawkinson. Now, there are good names too. Nikhil Harry, that was probably my one-on-one going into that offseason. So I fell in love with Josh Jacobs, which was dumb as hell. Now, it's a super flex league, so it's Kyler or Boss, but I'm not going to get Kyler for that. Like, I'm just not. I could get stuck with Nikhil Harry, Daryl Henderson, and Devil Singletary and get a giant goose egg, or I could hold on to the highest scoring player outside of quarterbacks in fantasy right now. There are big names in there, too, and this is why it's alluring. This is why it's tempting to take one of these pick packages that could be subpar, hoping it's the 105 when it could be the 110 or something like that. Uh, it's it's probably the it's probably top seven if you add them all together. It's probably top seven. So at the eight, nine, ten spot, DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, Paris Campbell, that poor bastard, he should be awesome. Debo Samuel just below that, Hollywood just below that. So like you could smash it, you could. It's not like the value for Cup is bad or off or atrocious. But if I'm holding on to the hottest item and it's the last damn player on my team people are willing to come and get, man, I'm going to try and get a haul. So I'm going to aim high. And the last point that's going to drive Cam fucking crazy, when you're in a league and somebody is way out in front and you're they're buying a title, you got to tax them. You don't have to bend them over the coals. That's stupid as shit. But you got to get the extra thrown in, a third or some player he doesn't like or whatever. And those that are at the top and stay at the top, which I'm sure Cam will be there. Uh, Kurt's right there too. <sighs> Fucking Justin, always pulling shit out of his ass. The reason they're going to stay there is they don't want to give that extra, and they pretty much refuse to. So <clears throat> looks like Cooper Cup is here to stay. Uh, you know, in the immortal words of Mook, you can't afford him, which is atrocious because you know you can uh, but that that's where I'm standing. That's where I'm standing with Cooper Cup. I'm trying to get a haul where I get a player of similar value that I can play next year or the year after, plus a pick. Uh, Y'all talked about it on the Ace of Spades thing. Would you do, you know, like T. Higgins in a first? It all depends on where that first falls, especially in these auction drafts. So I know adding all this money is alluring, but there are so many busts in every rookie draft that you're going to have, say you turn that 105 into three picks. You're going to have to hit two to break to, to make a profit, one to break even. 
And because he's scoring at the rate he is and like the drop-off uh, regression, whatever, he's still going to be a wide receiver one for the next year or two. Like It's just not worth it to me personally to attempt to move a guy that I already know is established for youth for the sake of youth. Now, when you look at the team, I got Russ up top, missing my QB2 with Jameis. I got TJ at tight end. I got Cup, Thielen at, at wide receiver. You know, I've got some flex plays out there with some of these vets, and I've got draft picks. So what's to say I can't just draft in this rookie draft or flip them into 2023 and then move all these extra picks that I've acquired? I got an extra first and three seconds, uh, an extra first and two more seconds the next two years. What's to say I can't flip those into some players, especially knowing that I can get the number one asset in fantasy for a first and two seconds? Like, I get your point that it adds up right. And the value's probably spot on, man. But I don't want spot on. I want extra or I'm going to hold because he's that good right now. And if you're trying to buy a title, you got to pay the tax. And if you're in a rebuild, you don't have to sell just to sell. Like you can still rebuild around 28, 29-year-old wide receivers. You got two or three years. What's to say that I don't just draft some running backs and they hit and make up the difference? Like I'm not that far out of the back end of the playoffs. And we all know in dynasty fantasy football, anything can happen and the landscape changes quickly from season to season. So <clears throat> this league's fun as hell. Thanks for having me. I've been asked more than once if it's, if it's not for me, it's driving me fucking up a wall. What? Like if, if you want me gone, click the button. Um, but I'm 100% going to come in there and mix it up. I'm going to be in the chat. I'm going to be active because that's what you should do as dynasty fantasy football players. You got to be active. You got to be a part of the community. You got to want it. Don't be the weird kid in the corner, right? Don't be the guy that's always watching but never saying anything. Just mix it up. And in leagues that are that are headstrong, I'll call them, you're going to get dogged over and over again. And just know that it's not against one person, man. It's league-wide. Like, hate knows no bounds, but it's not real hatred. So, if you get out there and say something and somebody absolutely tears you off, just just let it go. Just let it go. It's a text. It's a text on a on a fancy football platform. It doesn't really matter. Uh, stick to your process. Stick to your thoughts. Stick to what you want to accomplish with your team. And uh, you know, may you have the best of luck. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget rate, review, subscribe. Again, this was for the Ace of Spades team. I hope you all enjoyed it. Um, yeah, man. See you in the league.